Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand. My returning guest is librarian extraordinaire Heather Mathie. Kia ora everyone. And today we're going to be discussing Letter 38 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 38, Mrs Johnson to Lady Susan, Edward Street. I am grieved, though I cannot be astonished at your rupture with Mr de Courcy. He has just informed Mr Johnson of it by letter. He leaves London, he says today. Be assured that I partake in all your feelings, and do not be angry if I say that your intercourse, even by letter, must soon be given up. It makes me miserable. But Mr Johnson vows that if I persist in the connection, he will settle in the country for the rest of his life. And you know it is impossible to submit to such an extremity while any other alternative remains. You've heard, of course, that the Mannerings are to part. I'm afraid Mrs M will come home to us again. But she's still so fond of her husband and frets so much about him that perhaps she may not live long. Miss Mannering has just come to town to be with her aunt and they say that she declares she will have Sir James Martin before she leaves London again. If I were you, I would certainly eat him myself. I'd almost forgot to give you my opinion of de Courcy. I'm really delighted with him. He is full as handsome, I think, as Mannering, and with such an open, good-humoured countenance that one cannot help loving him at first sight. Mr Johnson and he are the greatest friends in the world. Adieu, my dearest Susan. I wish matters did not go so perversely. That unlucky visit to Langford. But I dare say you did all for the best, and there is no defying destiny. Your sincerely attached, Alicia. And we can just sense her clutching her pearls as she says it, or as she writes it, sorry. Every time I read this, I'm like, is she taking the mickey a little? It does feel that way, doesn't it? Is she over-egging the pudding, as the saying goes? Because it's kind of like... I don't know. Feel free to correct me on that, but it does seem like she might be. But grieved, but not astonished. But then, you know, I I partake of all your feelings, obviously. But then also, he's so great. I understand you loving him at first sight. Like, why would you say that? And the way she says that Mr. Johnson vows that if I persist in the connection, but actually, again, is there an underlying, but actually, don't really care. I'm his wife, I'll do what he says. What a thing, though, to be threatening your wife with a life in the country if she doesn't behave herself. Your friend is a bad influence. You cannot see her anymore. I'm taking you out of London. So hang on. that These days, would we be calling that ga- gaslighting? Or no. would we be calling him a narcissist? Or would we be calling him controlling? Or controlling. Because we, we would be. Gaslighting is when you make someone doubt the truth of things and start to think that they're yes, crazy. But who knows? I mean, I don't think we could call him a narcissist. We could potentially call Lady Susan a narcissist. Uh-huh. But you could say controlling. But the funny thing is, again, we're thinking that... But, of course, women had to pretty much do what their husbands said, what their fathers said, what their brothers said, depending on who held the purse strings for whatever the family was. Unlike Lady Susan, Mrs Johnson can't go, actually, sweetie, you're completely wrong. To put it in today's parlance, she can't go, I'm sorry, I'm going into town with my friends and we're going to get completely trolleyed on champagne. You know, she can't do that. No. And Uh, I mean, at that time, his behaviour is perfectly acceptable. Now it would be seen as controlling. To hark back to Pride and Prejudice, you'll remember when a certain person went to Brighton and then disappeared with a certain gentleman named Wickham. (laughs) The whole family were facing ruin. Not to that extent, perhaps, but 
Perhaps Mr. Johnson was going, oh dear, we need to distance ourselves from this because we don't want to be tarred with the same brush. I mean, that is something that Lady Susan says earlier in the book. She's Mm. like, it's awkward that your husband doesn't want to see me when he's known to be so respectable. He believes all the stuff, all the stories about me. That was quite normal. Now, what movie was I watching the other week? Sorry, total segue. The one with Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder and Michelle Pfeiffer. Is it Age of Innocence? I can't remember. Your listeners will probably know. You know, he fell in love with Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Was she divorced or getting a divorce? You know, that was shocking in itself. And it's that same sort of thing. Lady Susan does not follow the course of what, shall we say, women were supposed to do. She's been single for far longer. Normally, of course, most women would have, I want to say, found another husband or perhaps had a husband foisted upon them. Although, having said that, it hasn't been a year yet and normally they wait a year to make sure they're not pregnant with the dead husband's child. Yes, but, but still, there would have been, one would expect normally... Put it this way, there would have been machinations behind the scenes to get get her... Because, I mean, her argument to Reggie about why they couldn't marry is, it's it's too soon. It's going to look bad. (laughs) Whatever argument she can come up with that works for her, basically. Every time I read this, I do remind myself, no, Jane Austen isn't here. She's not writing about now. And so, even though I'm clutching my imaginary pearls, going, this is... Terrible, poor Lady Susan, but actually it was of its time. A letter is mentioned from Reggie to Mr Johnson. Would have been interesting to see that letter, but I understand that you don't want to create more characters because by having a letter to Mr Johnson, it feels like then you should have a letter from him, I suppose. So if it was just one letter to give context. So they talk about the mannerings. Yes. Again, they are to part, mm. and Mrs. Mannering is coming home to live with the Johnsons again. No. Poor girl. But they're so mean about her. Perhaps she might fret herself to death. What a thing to say. Because they can't talk about her while she's there. So you don't actually know what happens in people's houses. Oh, look, so-and-so's coming to visit. Oh, are they going to bring that whatever? Oh, no, they're going to be here for a week. And oh, dear. And then when they arrive, it's like, oh, it's lovely to see you. I mean, there's an Australian comedian. I think her name's Mel Buckle. There's a video of hers. She's pretending to wake her family up at 7 o'clock in the morning because relatives are coming at 3 o'clock and I need you to be up now. And she's rushing around the house doing all these things. And then at the end of it, she's like, oh, they're early, they're early, they're early. And she opens the door and goes, hello. You know, and so it's that, maybe it's that, but it's just in letter form, Um, (laughs) you know. I mean, who hasn't sort of sometimes gone, oh, so-and-so's coming. Oh, it's lovely. But then it's lovely when they go. And the fact that she's coming back. To live with them again. Yes. Can you hear that's the thing? She is going to be Alicia's companion from now on. They're going to be stuck living in the same house together, the two women. And I don't imagine Mrs. Mannering is as fun as Lady Susan. And the other thing too, there's a difference of having a companion who is a friend Mm. and a paid companion, for example. So... Mrs. Johnson can't be, can't actually moan about Mrs. Mannering. She can't go, 
and sent her away or sent her downstairs to be with the servants or anything like that. She can't do any of that because they're equals, although after this they won't be because she's not Mrs. Mannering anymore. So well, technically right. she is because well, it yes. doesn't say anything about them divorcing. No, but she's treated it even differently because she's not a widow. Mm. If she was a widow, it would be different. It would be, poor her, she's lost her husband. We need to support her. She's coming to stay with us, etc., etc. But, oh, look, they're having to part. She's coming back again. My infection. Although I think it depends who's talking. It's Mrs. Johnson. So I think she's going to be that way regardless. Yes. Uh, they talk about mismannering as well, mm-hmm. that she is still going after Sir James. And what's wrong with that? I mean, aside from the obvious... Women are not supposed to chase, perhaps? <clears throat> it is vulgar. Unless the name is Lydia. <clears throat> One doesn't actually know if she did any of the chasing. She just went to Brighton and he just happened to be there. But that's another story. Oh, Literally another story. There's a whole thing about Wickham and him grooming young girls, which, when you look at it from a modern perspective, is very uncomfortable. Women, and I will call them women, but women that young did get married. If you go and look at, and I'm sorry, we are segueing. If you look at Henry the 7th, 6th, 7th, not 8th. Now, his mother was married off to whoever it was. I'm sorry, my brain is been. And she was 14 when she gave birth. These days, that would be something completely different. But even that was considered young back then. But you know, if you weren't married by the time you were 22, well, heavens above. You can look at this with a view of today. I don't think I can judge it by today's standards because back then it was completely different. God forbid someone's going to rewrite Jane Austen and it be Wickham gets done for statutory rape, but how on earth you'd write a court case, I have no idea. But yes, poor old Miss Mannering, she's not allowed to chase, dear. You're not allowed to chase. No. Although, to be again, back to Prime Prejudice, Jane went to London. Just saying. <clears throat> was that chasing? Well, yes, in a way. Yes, she was going to London, but odds are, oh, while I'm there, I might look up Mr Bingley. Sure. Okay, Jane, you keep taking those tablets. They're obviously working for you. Alicia refers to the visit to Langford as unlucky. Uh, don't you mean there was bad behaviour? That was choices. It wasn't luck. Well, but again, this is Mrs. Johnson's take on it. This is her letter. And Although pre- possibly Lady Susan had behaved just as badly at other houses and not been found out. Maybe mm. that was the unluckiness being found out for it. Yes. Again, ladies are not supposed to misbehave. God knows what they're supposed to do, but they're not supposed to misbehave. They're supposed to... Do a lot of Do a lot work. of things and even, and even in the marital bed lie back and think of England or something. That is much later, but yes. Yes. Well, yes, that is much later, but it would have happened during Jane Austen's time as well. I mean, if you weren't marrying for love, which, let's be honest, you weren't. Not a lot of people weren't, that's true. Yeah. You were there to add to the family. <laughs> marrying for love is a relatively new idea. Yes. And now people look at you strangely if you want to marry for something other than that. Yes. But it's still relatively new well, in um, the grand scheme of well, things. Imagine today if someone said, okay, let, let's just pretend that Lady Susan is somebody's current sister-in-law and her her sister's husband went, I found you a husband because you've been widowed for nearly a year. 
here you go. He's got all this money. He's got all these connections. And he's my business partner. And you're going to marry him. I mean, I think there are people that would do that. Yes. And imagine trying that today. Mm. Most sisters-in-law would go, excuse me? (laughs) Slap. It would be rather unusual. Or are we just, and given this is also very Western, but are we putting a Western spin on it? It's a Western story. Mm. But there are arranged marriages in other parts of the world that aren't necessarily, you know, as arranged as this. But I've read several um, modern versions of Pride and Prejudice uh, in different cultures and it carries across quite well. Yeah, even Bride and Prejudice. <laughs> there is Bride and Prejudice currently available on TVNZ on demand. Is it? Yes. Gosh. But Alicia is also going. Why don't you marry Sir James? Get in there before Miss Mannering does. <laughs> Alicia's. Um, I use the term loosely. Lucky. She's married, so she doesn't have to be Miss Mannering. She doesn't have to be Lady Susan. She's fine. She does still have to manage her husband. She does. However, but she's not out there looking or trying to find or running after or chasing or she doesn't have to do any of that. She can look at it and go, well, not that she possibly is, but I'm fine. And here's my advice for the rest of you. And isn't it terrible what everyone's doing or not? But yeah, she can say that because... Well, she's already been married. She's already... She doesn't have to worry. She is safe. I don't understand her just throwing in there, oh, I forgot to tell you what I thought of your boyfriend. I think he's great. What? Why would you put that in this letter? Well, maybe she didn't get a chance to say it. Obviously not. That's true. Because I remember Lady Susan was like, yeah, he's... He's handsome, right? But I prefer Mannering because Mannering will give me all the flattery. All the flattery that this guy won't. Good looks. Maybe no brains. But flattery, flattery will get you nowhere is what, what I used to be told. Um, so I don't think that's true. No, well, it's that whole thing about, well, yes, he may flatter you, but what else? I do kind of feel for Mrs. Johnson. Admittedly, she's not necessarily a very nice person, but she is having her communication with her best friend cut off. Yes. That's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, well, we've known that Mr. Johnson does not approve of their friendship for a while. And that is our discussion of letter 38 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. This has been Heather Matthew. There will be links in the notes. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!